You would not believe what happened today. Let's talk tonight. I need your opinion on this outfit. Please call me as soon as possible. FaceTime later? I miss you. Call me. Call me. I have the best story to tell you. Call me. Bye. Hi, buddy. What up? Oh, hey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey. Hello. Welcome to the Call Me in Five podcast. I'm Lydia. I'm Jalen. And I'm Brittany. What and up? What up? I'm. I'm really excited for this episode today. I feel like maybe we should start counting how many times we say that because I think that's how every single one starts. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, today we're talking about books. So this is kind of like a mini Call Me In Five Chronicles episode. Yeah, we're going what? to give you our to-be-read lists, um, our top six books that we haven't read yet but are next up yeah i'm excited but until then do we have any announcements Mm. yes um everything (laughs) um (laughs) we have 53 days of school left oh my gosh um and our boss told us that on our google meet staff meeting and just i forgot my camera was on and i just Oh my god, she was clapping, and I'm like, oh, (laughs) no one else is clapping. Because the kids right now, oh Oh. my god, something has taken over kids across the the globe. It's every year, though. At like February and March, they just forget how to do school all over again. It's like the beginning of the year. Why? Which is just (laughs) infuriating, because it's like... It's March. We have been doing this every day. One of my kids, oh my gosh, (laughs) asked me, he said, we were coming back from lunch, and he's like, are we doing quiet time? Mind you, we have done quiet time every single day of the year. (laughs) Every day. And I'm just, I look at it, and, and also, the lights are off, the quiet music is on. And I look at him and I'm just like, I'm not going to answer that question because use your brain. Oh, my gosh. We have been (laughs) using this like virtual system, like a website, basically, where we like lay out all of our lessons and like our students can submit their work and like you can create quizzes on there and like all this stuff. And that's how they can like track their grades and everything, too. Mm-hmm. And I had to show one of my girls how to check her grades today. Oh, my gosh. Today <laughs> is really the first day of the fourth quarter. And, <laughs> uh-huh. and this is the second year they've been using this system. No, not the second year. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel you with that one. Yeah. Just like... Yeah. It's like um, mind-boggling, honestly. Yeah, I was talking to another teacher, and I turn around, <laughs> and there's like five kids just running around the, the room, running. And I'm like, sure. when have we ever, ever been allowed to do that? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and it was like, it's not even, like, they're some of my really good kids. And I'm just like, 
what is going through your brain that you think that was an appropriate choice? Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, ha It's my favorite when a pencil breaks and they're, oh, or they're just like, I don't have a pencil. And they're just sitting in their <laughs> spot while we're doing it. And I'm just like, hmm, mm. where can we find a pencil? If there's no pencils in there, where else do we find the pencils? If that one doesn't work, where do we put it? And where can we get mm-hmm. another pencil? Oh my God. I could lose my mind about pencils. Um, I also have a pencil story. So in my room, there's like a pencil sharpener that only I use. The kids have never used it. I sharpen the pencils because I don't trust them not to break it, okay? Um, So it's not even plugged in unless I'm using it so that even if they try, like, it doesn't work. Um, And if their pencil, it needs to be sharpened, there's a jar that they put it in. Yeah. And and right next to that jar is a jar of fully sharpened pencils. pencils. Yep. I look over... And one of my kids is trying to use the pencil sharpener attached to the wall. So, like, <laughs> the crank, the, the crank sh- one that I have, we literally have never, ever used it. He's, like, over there cranking it. And I look at him and I'm just like, why are you, what are, what you, are doing? you doing? I said, do you ever use that? Does Miss M even use that? Like, no. Like, that is not even the pencil sharpener. <laughs> It doesn't work. I'm like, where do you put a pencil if it's not sharp? In the jar. I'm like, okay, so do that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> so teaching's going great. Um, On a more positive note related <laughs> to teaching, um, one of my girls has just been calling me her stepmom the past two weeks. Um <laughs> Because, like, in my class, we, we're a class family. Like, we have a class family promise. Mm-hmm. And just, like, in the beginning of the year, we really talked about, like, how does family treat each other and how, like, we spend a lot of time together. And so, like, and we mm-hmm. treat each other like a family, whatever. And so she's like, you're, like, <laughs> we had a conversation a few weeks ago, and they're like, you're, like, our mom because we're a family so you're the mom who's the dad and i'm just like (laughs) we don't need one like i am the mom and that's That's all you need that's it Mm -hmm. but now she's like i'm really glad that you're my stepmom and i'm just like um yeah yep me too (laughs) because i don't got time to explain to her how that dynamic works and how it's in no way shape or form related to my job (laughs) Right. Oh. Um, I thought of a copy-paste-paste, <gasps> which I feel like we haven't explained in a while, so I'm going to really quickly. Uh-huh. Basically, actually, I don't even remember how this came about, but... Oh, no, I do. Basically, we just copy each other all the time and always <laughs> yeah. do the same things. So we're morphing and, like, into the same person. <laughs> yeah, and we'll do it without, like question like they tell me to do something and I just do it um which could be bad but so far it has not led me astray good Good. anyway (laughs) um they told me about this app it's 
called Locket. <laughs> basically, it's like a little widget on your phone, like on your screen, and you can take pictures and they're just sent to the other people, whoever you choose to send it to. It's really cute and it yeah. really makes my day all the time. Me too. I love it. Every time there's a new picture, I'm just like, ah. Mm-hmm. I know. The number of screenshots I've done of my home screen lately. <laughs> I like it too because yeah. then you can like scroll down and see like the history of all of the pictures yeah. that we've sent. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. I like the ones you send of the quotes we did in the jar. Yeah, that mm. was really cute. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um. I have one last announcement. Okay. Um, and it's relating to books. Um, okay, I wouldn't really say that I was actually in a book slump because I feel it. Well, actually, I think it was one, just like a mini <laughs> one. Because I don't know what constitutes one. Like, how long of time not reading does that need to be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read The Silent Patient by, what's his name? Ugh. I don't know. I can't think of what it is. I can't think of it off Um, the top of my head. Something, something. Good. Yep. (laughs) Good, 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 good. Wait, I'm going to find it. I think it's Alex. That's. Yeah, Alex Michaelide or something. I don't know how to say his last name, but um, it literally was so good. I cannot Mm -hmm. stop thinking about it. Like, for days afterward. Like, whenever I would close my eyes, that's just, like, what was there, what I was picturing. Yeah. And it made it so difficult to want to start another book. And I still did, but I was like, I can't read this. So I read, like, 10% of a book in, like, four days because I was like, Mm. this means nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So read it if you haven't yet. I felt that way with Verity. Oh my god, can I can't talk, stop thinking about it. I can can't we, stop talking about it. We need to talk about it because <laughs> it's not on our I'm TBR. I'm so glad you read it. Because we've all read it. So I read you, it in six hours. If you haven't read it, you should skip this part because it's a spoiler. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I have never read a book that has just taken a hold of me like that. Oh my god. It's just, like, the whole book is one, like, I was just screaming the whole time. Same. I threw the book down at one point. I had to take a walk at another point. I'm happy Jalen was there. (sighs) Yeah, Um, I read it alone. (laughs) It was not good for me. Because I was just, uh, I forget that you guys can't see my face (laughs) when I'm talking. But I was just very shocked a lot of times, and I would just look at Jalen, just like my eyes huge and my mouth open, and just being like, "What? What did I just no. read?" We're for sure gonna have to post some of the screenshots on <laughs> like, like the episode without context. That book because I oh sent them to gosh. Blair, and she's like, "This is the best ever." About me <laughs> and mine. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm sending you my favorite. Good. I really just... I have that one, too. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just, I think about it all the time, even still, just like, what? <laughs> um, I know. If you have read it, are you team letter or team manuscript? All of us are team manuscripts. <laughs> I talked to Bailey about it yesterday. Did she read it? Yeah. She's she's like, I haven't read it in a while, so I don't really remember. And I was like, well, do you think that she killed Harper? And then she's like, yeah, I think she was manipulative until yeah. like the very end. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so you're team manuscript. <laughs> Just, yeah. okay, what part shocked you the most? The hanger? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think the part that I kept going back to is the knife part with Cray. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I And then just the part that gets me a little bit. I don't know. Some parts I believe in the are like I have trouble with the letter and I'm just like, hmm. Um, but like, why would she have a knife up there? Yeah. That's a yeah. question I have. Like, that doesn't really make sense. Um, the part that made me want to just poop my pants because it scared <laughs> me so bad. Is her at the top of the stairs? Um, <laughs> number one, her at the top of the stairs. I threw the book down. I said, ah, ah, ah. Like, never did I think I could get a I'm jump scare from a book. <laughs> I know. Honestly, it was like a... <coughs> It was like a jump scare when you're watching a movie. That was literally me. I threw the book <laughs> down and I said, ah! um, But also, when she's on her hands and knees on the monitor. And she sees it on the oh, baby monitor. Oh, my God. I just, I just, oh, my gosh. I can't. Like, what was she doing on her hands and knees? She was, she was getting, getting the knife from the, from the floor or, like, doing something in the floor. Probably putting the letter in there. Yeah. That part, oh my gosh. <laughs> ew, 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 ew. <laughs> no. um, what did you rate it? I think I gave it a four. You did give it a four. I gave it a four as well. I gave it a five. It really... <laughs> I would give it like... I would give it a four and a half. I would... Okay, yeah. Um, If we're going by 0.25s, I would give it a 4.75. Okay. Um, Just because it is right. really, really dark. Yeah. Um, but like... Just the way I, it just, it took hold of me. So I got to give it, it was really good. I gave it a four because I guessed it. You guessed that what? You guessed what? That, I guessed that there was going to be something that she, like, was trying to say that it wasn't actually her fault. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um... But it was still really good. But I still think the guest list, I liked it better. I think I would, I would choose Verity. Do <laughs> not even get me started on the guest list. I'm still angry at every single person in the book. <laughs> I was talking to Bailey about it yesterday because I, like, we were talking about books. I told her to read the guest list, and I was like, it's kind of like the silent patient, or like, kind of like Verity a little bit, but um, just like, you know how in books, you know who's a good person, and you know who's like a not good person? Just all of the people in the guest list were terrible people, and I hated them all. Yeah. 
Brittany got really good. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Since. It was hard. Oh my gosh. I cried uh, a few times. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you ready for hot seat? Yeah. All right, welcome to Hot Seat. (laughs) Today in the Hot Seat, we've got my good friend Jalen Page McDonough here. Wow. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you. It's an honor to be here. Mm. Are you pleased to be here? No, it's an honor. Mm. Not pleased, but it is an honor. Okay. All right, Jay Money, your question is. What simple task are you surprisingly bad at? All of them. Um, I have mine, and I know it's the right answer. So, oh, Lydia, no. you go first. Are you, Jalen, do you have yours? Um, oh, there's so many to pick from. <laughs> so that's the worst for me. She said I'm bad um, at everything. I think I know what one you picked. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Mine I don't necessarily think you're bad at. Um, mm. I just think you'd choose not to do it. Oh. <laughs> and that's driving. <laughs> okay, mm, good. good. Although, when I think about it, I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if you've ever driven me. Probably not. Because... So I don't know if I can even judge it, mm. to be honest. Her parking isn't, or sorry, her driving is not that bad. It's her parking that's less than her driving. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's not. It's not the worst I've ever seen. Um, but it's not the best either. Okay, mine. Jalen Page is the absolute worst at opening anything. Anything. Um, yeah. Mail, terrible. A bag of food terrible we go through the drive-thru she rips the bag open even though it already has an opening um terrible yeah yeah um those were my two answers number one parking i thought that's what you were gonna say oh Um, Oh. and opening things yeah wow it's just wow um i would say my driving is fine i'm not a bad driver i just yeah well, don't I don't, do and it. I don't even mind it, but just in the winter, I hate it, and Brittany likes it better than me, so she just does it all the time. Yep. <laughs> this is fine by me. Here you go, because yeah. she's the dad. Yeah. You're right. Everybody's, Everybody's favorite, favorite boyfriend. boyfriend. Everybody's favorite boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. okay. I am my own boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jalen. Thanks for joining us on the hot seat on You're this fine afternoon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Again, this fine evening. And honor. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Not pleasing, but <laughs> honorable. Honorable. <laughs> <laughs> um Good. I there's something that we have not updated our our listeners on in a while that I completely mm. forgot about and we need to speak about it. Oh my it. god. Um oh my god. we oh. our mouse count is now up to <sighs> 20 20 mice you guys the big and, two zero. and our is our apartment complex doing anything about it no, no. you should I, sue them and that's what my grandma said i called her yesterday and she's like 
you need to look up the city ordinance and you need to complain because literally they need to be doing something about this and they're not and i'm like that sounds like a lot of work um we actually made a poll on instagram for our followers to vote for the next episode that we did so if you're someone who voted nice job also (laughs) also if you don't follow us on instagram yet what are you doing you should it's really cute call me in five podcast yep and yeah and we do a lot of interactive things on there that help inform a lot of our episodes so Mm -hmm. go give it a follow but anyway we're doing like we said earlier our tbr list or to be read um we decided to pick six each i think that number was determined by Jalen. i don't remember (laughs) um I think it's a solid number. Thank so, you. who wants to start? I will. Okay. The first book that is on my TBR, which is the book that I will be starting today, <laughs> is um, by the same author as The Guest List that we just talked about, Lucy Foley. Um, and it's called The Paris Apartment. And it just came out. Bum, bum, bum. Um, the cover is really spooky. So I'm excited. And it says, meet the residents of number 12, Rue de Amants, a beautiful old apartment building in the City of Light. And then it has all the people. So it's the socialite, the nice guy, the alcoholic, the girl on the verge, the concierge, everyone's a neighbor, everyone's a suspect, and everyone knows something they're not telling. See you in Paris. Shut up. I'm so excited. It's going to be good. Nice. That's exciting. I can't wait to read that one. My (coughs) next book, my first book on my TBR is A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Ooh. Spooky. (laughs) Spooky. Um, But it's, what did you say? I said spooky too. Oh, sure. (laughs) All right, it says, pretty popular high school senior Addie Bell was murdered by her boyfriend, Sal Singh, who then killed himself. It was all anyone could talk about. And after five years later, Pip sees how the tragedy still haunts her town. Now a senior herself, Pip decides to re-examine the closed case for her final project. At first, just to cast doubt on the original investigation. But soon she discovers a trail of dark secrets that might actually prove Sal innocent, and the fine line between past and present begin to blur. Someone in Fairview doesn't want Pip digging around for answers, and now her own life might be in danger. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Okay. One of my books... Is called From Lukov with Love by Mariana Zapata. I've heard that she's the queen of slow burn, which basically means like it starts out, it's a lot more like just building the characters and like relationship building and stuff, and mm-hmm. like nothing really happens till later on. And also, her books are really long, like most of them are over 500 pages. Whoa. Um, <laughs> That's I a know. lot. I'm a little afraid. Um, <laughs> but basically, this one from what I've heard, is you know how when you watch the Winter Olympics and they're, like, doing figure skating and you're like, I hope they're dating. Yeah. 
Um, this one's basically that. So wow. Amen. It says, if someone were to ask Jasmine Santos to describe the last few years of her life with a single word, it would definitely be a four-letter one. After 17 years and countless broken bones and broken promises, she knows her window to compete in figure skating is coming to a close. But when the offer of a lifetime comes in from an arrogant idiot she spent the last decade dreaming about pushing in the way of a moving bus, Jasmine might have to reconsider everything, including Ivan Lukov. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I know, I'm excited. (laughs) Okay, Um, the next book on my TBR is Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, which is the same author, um, Taylor Jenkins Reid. She also wrote Malibu Rising and The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I've already read both of those, and they're very good. Um, And so this one says, Everyone knows Daisy Jones and the Six. The band's album, Aurora, came to define the rock and roll era of the late 70s, and an entire generation of girls wanted to grow, grow up to be Daisy. But no one knows the reason behind the group's split on the night of their final concert at Chicago Stadium on July 12th, 1979. Dot, dot, dot. Until now. Ooh. Wow. Um, I love the way that she she has very deep characters. Yeah. Like, just, mm-hmm. I think the way that she writes about them is really beautiful, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. My turn. Um, my next one is a little more lighthearted than my first one. It's called The Spanish <laughs> Love Deception. Um, it says, Catalina Martin desperately needs a date to her sister's wedding, especially since her little especially since her little white lie about her American boyfriend has spiraled out of control. Now everyone she knows, including her ex and his fiance, will be there and eager to meet him. She has only four weeks to find someone willing to cross the Atlantic and aid in her deception. New York to Spain is no short flight, and her... Mm, what's this word? Raucous? 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 Sure. Hmm. Um, and her raucous family won't be easy to fool. Enter Aaron Blackford, her tall, handsome, condescending colleague who surprisingly <laughs> offers to step in. She'd rather refuse, has never, ooh, never has there been a more aggravating, bud boiling, and insufferable man. But Catalina is desperate, and as the wedding draws nearer, Aaron looks like her best option. And she begins to realize he not he may be, he might not be as <laughs> terrible in the real world as he is at the office. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My next book is one that Jalen has read. Brittany, I don't know if you have. It's called The Midnight Library by mm. Matt Haig, I think is how you say it. Um so this is what it what the description is. Between life and death, there is a library, and within that library, the shelves go on forever. Every book provides a chance to try another life you could have lived, to see how things would be if you had made other choices. Would you have done anything different if you had the chance to undo your regrets? A dazzling novel about all the choices that go into a life well lived from the internationally... Oh, sure. It's just... 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's starting to say like nice things about other things he's written. Oh, we could just One, stop it there. Yeah, that's good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, would you change your life Sorry. if you could? I think that's what it's about. Mm. Tea. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, my next book is Go Set a Watchman by Harper Lee. Um, my favorite book of all time is To Kill a Mockingbird, and this is by the same author, and it's like the same, it's a continuation, really. Lydia, you've read it, right? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Um, is that well, the one that I sent you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, I just saw it and thought you'd like it because of... Yeah, um, so it's the same characters. Um, so it's Jean Louise Scout, um, is her nickname, and she returns home from New York City to visit her aging father, Atticus, set against the backdrop, backdrop of the civil rights tensions and political turmoil that were transforming the South. Jean Louise's homecoming turns bittersweet when she learns disturbing truths about her close-knit family, the town, and, and the people dearest to her. Memories from her childhood flood back, and her values and assumptions are thrown into doubt. Featuring many of the iconic characters from To Kill a Mockingbird, Ghost at a Watchman perfectly captures a young woman and a world in painful yet necessary transition out of the illusions of the past, a journey that can only be guided by one's own conscious. So... I'm really excited, actually, to read this. Good. Um, that looks, sounds good. Yeah. And I just love To Kill a Mockingbird so much. I just feel like this is going to be really nice. good. <laughs> okay. My next book is called Not a Happy Family by Shari Lapina. Lapina? Whatever. <laughs> um, it says, Brecken Hill in upstate New York is an expensive place to live. You have to be rich to have a house there, and Fred and Sheila Merton certainly are rich, but even all their money can't protect them when a killer comes to call. The Mertons are brutally murdered the night after an <laughs> Easter dinner with their three adult kids, who, of course, oh are devastated. Goodness. Or are they? They each, stand to, <laughs> <laughs> they each stand to inherit millions. Whoa. They were never a happy family, oh. thanks to their vindictive father and neglectful mother. But perhaps one of the siblings is more disturbed than <gasps> anyone knew. Oh my God. Did someone snap after that <laughs> dreadful evening? Or did another person appear late that night with the worst of intentions? That must be what happened. After all... If one of your family were capable of something as gruesome as this, you'd know it, wouldn't you? That is a big old tea party. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Wow. Whoa. I got chills. Yeah, I'm going to read that too. That's also on my list. <laughs> Honestly, all the books that you guys are saying are also on my TBR. So <laughs> Good. Oh my gosh. Um, my next one is called To Sir With Love. And I have that from on what my I've list. heard. I see that. From what I've heard, it's like a modern retelling of You've Got Mail. Yeah. Which is perfect because it's my favorite book of all time. That's uh, um, your favorite movies. Yeah, my favorite <laughs> movie of all time. <laughs> um, it, yeah. Um, so this is the description of it. 
romantic comedy following two 30-somethings who meet on a blind dating app only to realize that their online chemistry is nothing compared to their offline rivalry. Perpetually cheerful and eager to please, Gracie Cooper strives to make the best out of every situation. So, when her father dies just five months after a lung cancer diagnosis, she sets aside her dreams of pursuing her passion for art to take over his midtown Manhattan champagne shop. She, oh my goodness, she soon finds out that the store's profit margins are being squeezed perilously tight and complicating matters further. A giant corporation headed by the impossibly handsome but irritatingly arrogant Sebastian Andrews is proposing a buyout to turn the store into a parking garage, but Gracie can't bear the thought of throwing away her father's dream like she did her own. Overwhelmed and not wanting to admit to her friends or family that she's having second thoughts about the shop, Gracie seeks advice and solace from someone she's never met, the faceless Sir, with whom she's connected on a blind dating app where matches get to know each other through messages and common interests before exchanging real names or photos. But although Gracie finds herself slowly falling for Sir online, she has no idea she's already met him in real life, and they can't stand each other. Wow. I know, that's that's literally You've Got Mail. (laughs) Oh, me. Okay. All right. (laughs) Number four four Mm -hmm. on my TBR is another Colleen Hoover book. Brittany has read it. Um, I just read, well, we read Verity. Mm-hmm. And then I also read It Ends With Us, which is also really good. Um, not not a thriller, um, <laughs> like Verity, but it was really good. <laughs> so this book is called November 9th. Um, and... <sighs> Brittany, <laughs> Brittany already read it, so oh. I'm excited. So it says, Fallon meets Ben, an aspiring novelist, the day before her scheduled country move. Then... Their untimely attraction leads to them... Oh my god, can I read? (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe I won't read it because I can't read. Their untimely attraction leads them to spend Fallon's last day in L.A. together, and her eventful life becomes the creative inspiration Ben has always sought for his novel. Over time, and amidst the various relationships and tribulations of their own separate lives, they continue to meet... On the same date every year, until one day Fallon becomes unsure if Ben has been telling her the truth or fabricating a perfect reality for the sake of the ultimate plot twist. (sighs) Can Ben's relationship with Fallon and simultaneously his novel be considered a love story if it ends in heartbreak? (sighs) Ben is my favorite book boyfriend oh my god i'm obsessed wow benton kessler love of my life (laughs) (laughs) wow good okay i could cry (laughs) nothing i love dual povs me too yes and that's a dual pov and it's just the best good okay um so my one of my favorite movies is Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 version. Um, ugh, 
I love it with my whole heart. And Jalen and I went to Half Price Books the other day, and I found this book. It is, it's called First Impressions. It's a contemporary retelling of Pride and Prejudice mm. by Deborah White Smith. Um, I'm obsessed. I just read the back for the first time. All I read was a contemporary retelling of Pride and Prejudice, and that was enough to get me to buy it. <laughs> um, so here it goes. In an attempt to get to know the people of London, te- Texas, the small-town lawyer that Eddie Boswick now calls home, she tries out for the local theater group's production of Jada Austen's Pride and Prejudice. She's thrilled to get the role of lively Elizabeth Bennett until she meets the arrogant and eligible rancher playing the leading man. Dave Davidson chose London, Texas as the perfect place to live under the radar. Here, no one knows his past and he can live a quiet, peaceful life with his elderly aunt, who so happens to be the local theater owner. Dave doesn't even try out for the play, but suddenly he is thrust into the role of Mr. Darcy and is forced to spend the entire summer with Eddie, who clearly despises him. Sparks fly every time Eddie and Dave meet, whether on or off stage. Um, But when Eddie discovers Dave's secret, she has to admit there might be more to him than she thought. Maybe even enough to change her mind and win her heart. Wow. Wow. Not David Davidson. Dave Davidson. It's not much better. I knew knew a girl in high school. Her name was Morgan. Morgenstern. I said, your last name is Morgenstern and you name your daughter... (laughs) Morgan? <laughs> no, absolutely not. The, I'm not gonna lie; it makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. It does, but like, think about having that like name, Peter Peterson. <laughs> Literally, like that's the worst. No, uh, it is the worst, but it's hilarious. I wouldn't do it to my kid, but I think no. it's funny when other people do it to no. their kids. Oh my gosh! You're not gonna name him Brittany Britneyson. Lydia, well, that's not my Lydia Lydianson. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Lydia, Lydia. <laughs> okay, here's mine. Um, this is actually a book I read, but many years ago now. Um, it's the second book in the Giver Quartet. Um, it's not <gasps> oh, a series. One. It's not a series. Um, like you can read them separately. They're not the same people. But I have purchased all of the books in the quartet now because The Giver is my favorite book, so I want to read the other ones. Anyway, this one is called Gathering Blue by Lois Lowry. I don't know if I said her name. And this is the description. In her strongest work to date, Lois Lowry once again creates a mysterious but plausible future world. It is a society ruled by savagery and deceit that shuns and discards the weak. Left orphaned and physically flawed, young Kira faces a frightening, uncertain future. Blessed with an almost magical talent that keeps her alive, she struggles with ever-broadening responsibilities in her quest for truth, discovering things that will change her life forever. As she did in The Giver, Lowry challenges readers to imagine what our world could become and what will be considered valuable. Every reader will be taken by Kira's plight and will long ponder her haunting world and the hopes for the future. Have you read all of the books? No, I've only read the first two. Um, they do... The ending book kind of ties them together. 
Well, even Gathering Blue mentions Jonas. All right. Okay. Jay money. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this Anyways. is a book that I have looked at in probably every bookshop I've been to in the last year um, before I even got back into reading. It just, the cover really Ugh. draws me in. Um, it also has the National Jewish Book Award, which I don't really <laughs> know what that means, but it got an award, so that's got to mean can't something. can't be terrible. Yeah. Um, so it's called Florence Adler Swims Forever. Can that not be me magical? <laughs> You're right. You guys can't swim, so you cannot. Um, yeah. Okay. So it says Atlantic City, 1934. Which, there's just something about books that are set during that time that I just, they really take a hold of me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It says, every summer, Esther and Joseph Adler rent their house out to vacationers escaping to America's playground and move into the apartment where they raise their two daughters, Fanny and Florence. Now Florence has returned from college. Determined to spend the summer training to swim the English Channel. Could never be you. Um, (laughs) And Fanny, pregnant again after recently losing a baby, is on bed rest, leaving her daughter Gussie in Esther's care. Not Gussie. Gussie. (laughs) After Joseph insists they take in a mysterious young woman, whom he helped emigrate from Nazi Germany, the apartment is bursting at the seams. Everyone is safe under Esther's close watch until tragedy strikes during one of Florence's training swims. <gasps> Esther makes the shocking decision to hide the truth about Florence from Fanny until her baby is born. <gasps> she pulls the family into an elaborate web of secret keeping and lies, bringing long buried tensions to the surface that reveal how quickly protecting those we love can turn into betrayal. Um, USA Today said, I simply, tea party. I tea simply party. couldn't put it out of my head. I finished in two days. I felt <laughs> awe. <laughs> um, so I think this is me. It says, the thick emotional tension will please fans of character-driven historicals. That's me. I am Ooh. a fan of character-driven historicals. Good. So love that for me. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Not- <laughs> uh, okay <coughs> my favorite book of all time is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte um, so as you can tell just classic literature um, and an independent woman I I love you know and so my next book is called Persuasion Ooh. by Jane Austen. Jane Austen is the queen. I've she wrote the original Pride and Prejudice. Um, I've also heard that. That's on my want to read, but not, not as soon. I don't already own it. Like sure. I already own Persuasion. Um, side note: We, me and Jalen, go to Stillwater sometimes, and they have the best bookstores. Oh. And I got this one there, and it's just the cutest. I could spend hundreds of dollars on books and not even care. <laughs> like, I don't even... I don't even look at the price. What am I no. going to do? Not buy it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, anywho. All right, here is persuasion. 27-year-old Anne Elliott um, is happily betrothed to a naval officer, Frederick Wentworth, but she is precipitously... Is that what that word is? Precipitously? Precipitously? That's that's not a U. Precipitu... O-U says... But that's a way over there. Whatever. Um, but she, but she breaks off the engagement when she, per, when persuaded by her friend Lady Russell that her match is unworthy. Ooh. The breakup produces in Anne such a deep and long-lasting regret. When later Wentworth returns from a sea, from sea rich and successful captain, he finds Anne's family on the brink of financial ruin, and her own sister a tenant of. Kellynch Hall, the Elliot estate. All the tension of the novel revolves around one question. Will Anne and Wentworth be reunited in their love? (gasps) Jane Austen once compared her writing to painting on a little bit of ivory, two square inches. Readers of Persuasion will discover that neither her skill for delicate, ironic observations on social custom, love, and marriage, nor her ability to apply her sharp, focused lens to English manners and morals has deserted her in her final finished work. Whoa. Whoa. Chills. <laughs> I love books with my whole heart. Me too. This is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite part about being out of college. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. My next one is called Love Your Life. And I think I bought it for like two ninety nine on my Kindle. Um, so shout out to my Kindle. I love you with my whole heart. <laughs> also, Liz and, I went, Liz and I went into a bookstore the other day and I was looking at a real book and I was like, oh my goodness, these words are so small. And I was like, I, I'm too overwhelmed. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> so if anyone's afraid... That they won't like their Kindle. It might be kind of weird at first, but I think you'll probably be obsessed. Okay. Good. So, again, this one was like $2.99, so I just bought it. Because pretty much if any book is $2.99, I'll buy it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And then only after that did I read what it's about. So, here's what it says. 14 hours, 45 minutes from the number one... What? (laughs) <laughs> it's us being readers but yeah. cannot read <laughs> oh I think that's how long it takes how long the um, audio 14 is. hours but it, there's no separation between that and okay anyway <clears throat> let me start over like, 14 hours that's so long maybe it's the audio book yeah that's what I said oh still I see a lot of audiobooks on YouTube that are like 10 hours. Wow. Depends how fast they read and if there's multiple readers. Okay, anyway. Sure. From the number one New York Times bestselling author of I owe you one. <laughs> I read that one. I can't get over how <laughs> I started reading this. Okay. <laughs> An utterly delightful novel about a young woman who ditches her dating app for a writer's retreat in Italy, only to find that real love comes with its own filters. 
Call Ava romantic, but she thinks love should be found in the real world, not on apps that filter men by height, job, or astrological sign. She believes in feelings, not algorithms. So after a recent breakup and dating app debacle, she decides to put love on hold and escapes to a writer's retreat in remote coastal Italy. She's determined to finish writing the novel she's been fantasizing about, even though it means leaving her close-knit group of friends and her precious dog, Harold, behind. At the retreat, she's not allowed to use her real name or reveal any personal information. When the neighboring martial arts retreat is canceled and a few of its attendees join their small writing group, Ava, now going by area, meets Dutch, a man who seems too good to be true. The two embark on a baggage-free whirlwind love affair, cliff-jumping into gem-colored Mediterranean waters and exploring the splendor of the Italian coast. Things seem to be perfect, but then their real identities... Ava and Matt must return to London. As their fantasy starts to fade, oh. they discover just how different their personal worlds are, from food choices to annoying habits in to sauna etiquette. Are they compatible in anything? And then there's the prickly situation with Matt's ex-girlfriend, who isn't too eager to let him go. As one mishap oh. follows another, it seems that while they love each other, they just can't love each other's lives. Can they reconcile oh. their differences to find a life together? <gasps> Tea. Wow, that sounds really good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Good. Okay, <laughs> my last one. Um, really, the cover got me because it's beautiful. Um, it's called Violetta. Violetta comes into the world on a stormy day in 1920. Mm-hmm. Another historical <laughs> <laughs> character-driven story. <laughs> Um, the first girl in a family with five boisterous sons. From the start, her life is marked by extraordinary events. From the ripples of the Great War are still being felt, even as the Spanish flu arrives on the shores of her South American homeland, almost at the moment of her birth. Because of her father's prescience, the family will come through that crisis unscathed, only to find a new one as the Great Depression transforms the genteel city life she has known. Her family loses everything and is forced to retreat to a wild and beautiful but remote part of the country. There, she will come of age, and her first suitor will come calling. Violetta tells her story in the form of a letter to someone she loves above all others, recounting times of devastating heartbreak and passionate affairs, poverty and wealth, terrible loss, and immense joy. Her life is shaped by some of the most important events of history, the fight for women's rights, Go off. <laughs> the rise and fall of tyrants, and ultimately, not one, but two pandemics. <laughs> oh. um, through the eyes of a woman whose unforgettable passion, determination, and sense of humor carry her through a lifetime of upheaval, Isabel Allende Allend- Allend- once more brings us an epic that is both fiercely inspiring and deeply emotional. <laughs> so i'm ready to get hurt (laughs) that's what this is saying um the minneapolis star tribune reviewed this book um and it says love and war shape everything in allendale's sweeping splendid new novel this is her best book in years when she has poured all of all of her prodigious passion and talent into so (laughs) color me excited wow that's good sounds good um, my last book, I, there's a story that goes with it. I was in Target looking for 
a new book because I was going on vacation and like I wanted I only brought one book with and I was like I'm gonna need some more because I was this this was when over Christmas oh I think um so I was in I was in Target just kind of browsing and there's another woman like an older woman there probably like in her 50s and she's like do you want to read a really good book (laughs) and I was like uh, sure. And so she hands me this book. It's called The The Book of Lost Names by Kristen Ooh. Harmel. Um, and she's like, my book club read it, and we all gave it five stars. And Whoa. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and sure. so... Why do I feel like that's going to be us when we're <laughs> We are our own book club. <laughs> yeah. But just anybody can get me to do anything. Um, True. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sucker for peer pressure. So even True. just her saying, you should read it, I'm like, okay. You're like, <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. bought it. <laughs> um, okay. So here it goes. Ava Traub Abrams, a semi-retired librarian in Florida, is at the returns desk one morning when her eyes lock onto a photograph in a newspaper nearby. She freezes. It's an image of a book she hasn't seen in 65 years. A book she recognizes as the Book of Lost Names. The accompanying article describes the looting of libraries across Europe by the Nazis during World War II, an experience uh, Ava remembers all too well. Tears went all too well. As a graduate student (laughs) in 1942, Ava was forced to flee Paris after the arrest of her father, a Polish Jew. Finding refuge in a small mountain town in the free zone, she begins forging identity documents for Jewish children fleeing to neutral Switzerland. But erasing people comes with a price, and along with a mysterious, handsome forger named Remy, Eva decides she must find a way to preserve the real names of the children who are too young to remember who they really are. The records they keep in the Book of Last Names will become even more vital when the resistance cell they work with is betrayed and Remy disappears. As the Germans close in, Eva records a last vital message in the book. Decades later, does she have the strength to seek out its answer and help reunite those lost during the war? Whoa. <laughs> that sounds really sad. It really does. That's why like I a character-driven historical novel <laughs> that I will also be reading. <laughs> um, I would just like to point out when you were looking at your book analysis, you're like, "Why is it all historical?" <laughs> just because I feel like when it says historical, it's like, like just a book about history. Which, like, I'm also I love history, but I just I don't know. <laughs> okay here's my last one this one is changing genres a little bit um it's young adult fiction but i've heard only good things about it and it has a very high rating of goodreads um it's called the inheritance games it's by jennifer (gasps) lynn barnes i heard really good things about it and this is what it's about A Cinderella story with deadly stakes and thrilling twists. Avery Grams has a plan for a better future. Survive high school, win a scholarship, and get out. 
but her fortunes change in an instant when billionaire Tobias Hawthorne dies and leaves Avery virtually his entire fortune. The catch? Avery has no idea why or even who Tobias Hawthorne is. To receive her inheritance, Avery must move into sprawling, secret passage-filled Hawthorne house where every room bears the old man's touch and his love of puzzles, riddles, and codes. Unfortunately for Avery, Hawthorne House is also occupied by the family that Tobias Hawthorne just dispossessed. This includes the four Hawthorne grandsons, dangerous, magnetic, brilliant boys who grew up with every expectation that one day they would inherit billions. Heir apparent, Grayson Hawthorne, is convinced that Avery must be a con woman and he's determined to take her down. His brother Jameson views her as their grandfather's last hurrah, a twisted riddle, a puzzle to be solved. Caught in a world of wealth and privilege, with danger around every turn, Avery will have to play the game herself just to survive. Whoa. You know what that gives me? Knives out. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, people have been comparing it to that, which is why I put it on my TBR. (laughs) That is good. Wow. Yeah. Um... This episode was really cute. Yeah, this is so <laughs> made fun. me so excited about not only my books but your guys's books. All right, I know. It's so cute. And Aww. then eventually each other's because every book we read, the other two <laughs> read too. Yes, yeah. I will be reading all the books you guys said. <laughs> right. Aww. Oh well. Awesome. Let's talk about something we're thankful for. I got to see my sister. And the kids yesterday, Aww. we went to we went to the trampoline park, and we got ices and cotton candy, and then we went and got Chick Fil A, um, and just I really missed my small humans and my sister, mm-hmm. and just like I thought that earlier this week, and then she asked me if I wanted to do something with them this weekend, so it was really good, and I could cry. Awesome. But I won't. <laughs> um, this morning they woke up and they were just like, we should go get, they call me Nini. We should go get Nini and go to the trampoline park because she loved it there. <laughs> like they were like, every since, ever since they dropped me off, they're like, Nini loved the trampoline park. She had so much fun there. <laughs> Good. And I mean, they're not wrong. I did, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Even though we talked earlier about teaching just being annoying right now, um, <laughs> besides that, which I've, everything always has something annoying about it, right? There's nothing that's yeah. perfect. Um, so as annoying as it can be, I also lately just have been feeling like, this is going to sound cheesy and maybe like kind of cocky, but like, I feel like I just was like perfectly picked to be the teacher for my students um and I'm just like really grateful for that like I don't know I see other students I'm like I hope you like really like your teacher because like I don't know I just like I feel like the students in my class were just like perfectly meant to be in my class and we've just Mm -hmm. like built such a bond over the last couple months and so it's definitely not been perfect but I just feel like it feels really good. It's such a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Cute. Uh, um, my something positive is I got to see 
my aunt this week at trivia. <laughs> the queen. I almost cried when I saw her. I need um, to see her this summer so bad. <laughs> and my cousins. And it was just really nice. Mm. I love hanging out with them. We so. went to trivia, which yeah. we haven't done in a while and we love. Yeah. We got mm. second place. We did. We're wow. so good at trivia. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, you guys. Always remember... You are intellectual. You are ambitious. And you are loved. Bye. Bye. Love you, love you, love you. Thanks for tagging along with us today. We hope that we brought a little positivity to your week. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate us on Spotify and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to get to know you and have you join our community. So follow us on Instagram at callmeinfivepodcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you listen on so you get notifications for our episodes every other Wednesday. Love you. 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 Hey, everyone. If you know us at all, you know how much we love to copy each other. One of our favorite copy-paste pastes is our bracelet from Follow, which was formerly known as the Wildlife Collections. We are so excited to collaborate with them and share more about their mission. Follow partners with nonprofit organizations to create bracelets that come with a real animal to track. You can track sea turtles, polar bears, elephants, and sharks. When you order your bracelet, they send you a postcard sharing details and tracking information for your animal. With every order, you help save wildlife. Go to their website, myfollow.com, and use our code CMI5-20 for 20% off your order today.